For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and today, Prince of Peace. Of all the commands that Jesus ever gave us, and there were many commands, I think Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 is the hardest. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worries. You know what Jesus is saying, right? Worries is sin. Well, that's not good news because I got a problem with that right? I mean, think about it. Jesus is saying to you and me, don't worry about how your kids will grow up and turn out. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry whether you're going to have a happy marriage or not. Don't worry if you'll ever get married. Don't worry about your relationships. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry. That feels impossible. Now, Jesus is not saying don't be concerned about those things, but the difference between concern and worry is worry has a way of bleeding over into everything and sucking joy out of you. Jesus says, learn to rope your worries back into a place of genuine care and concern, but let me be the one who worries about the things going on in your life. I suppose it's probably fair to ask the question, what is worry? Did you know that worry in the Bible, the Greek word for worry is actually the word for anxiety. We are living in an anxious age, which is the same as saying we're living in an age of worry. Author Seth Godin described anxiety this way. It is experiencing failure in advance. You okay there, Joyce? When you're anxious, you are experiencing all the feelings of something bad that has not yet happened. And yet 85% of what we worry about, sociologists and psychologists say, never will happen. So 85% of what you're worrying about at this moment is actually never going to happen. And of the 15%, hey, look at me, come on. Of the 15% that actually does happen, Four out of five people say, well, we just dealt with it at the time and we took it as a learning experience and we got better for it. So I think it's fair to say, what is peace? What if you could overcome chronic anxiety and live in peace? As impossible as that may sound at this moment, because Jesus never commands us to do something that's impossible without him helping us to do it. So what is peace? The Greek word for peace, you know it, it's the Hebrew word from the Old Testament, shalom. 
You ever had anybody come up to you and say, Shalom? Shalom is deeper than just being happy. Shalom actually describes a sense of wholeness, of unity, of well-being, of without interconflict, that cognitive dissonance, without that. You're at peace with yourself, you're at peace with God, and you're at peace as far as it's up to you with every other person. So the great question this morning is, how is Jesus your Prince of Peace? Let me give you three ways. The first is, Jesus is our Prince of Peace because Jesus restores our broken relationship with the Father. Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have been made right in God's sight by faith, that's righteousness, we now have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is sin such a big deal? Why does God take sin so seriously? What's wrong with a little bit of cheating on your taxes? What's wrong with skewing the truth to make you look a little bit better? What's wrong with a little bit of innocent flirting at work? What's wrong with a little bit of porn? What's wrong with those things? Why does God take sin so seriously? Here's the reason. Sin always destroys relationships. Ask anybody who has ever gone through a separation or a divorce, whether it's a child or the spouse. Ask anybody. The devastating consequences of a divorce. The same thing happened to Adam and Eve. Because they willfully chose to do something they knew was wrong, what ended up happening is it fractured their relationship between them and God. And they needed to leave the Garden of Eden. The same thing happens to us. You know that feeling on the inside when you do something that you know is wrong? There's a relationship fracture between you and God. You don't feel as close to God as what you used to. You feel like there's a barrier now. Jesus came to break that barrier to restore a broken relationship back with you and God so that you can be in peace. We call that the peace of God. Number two, Jesus teaches you how to live peacefully in your everyday life. John 14, 26 and 27. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I said to you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. There are two things you need to see about this teaching from Jesus about the Holy Spirit. The first is this. If you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit already inside of you. You do. You have the Holy Spirit already living inside of you. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach you everything and to remind you of the words of Jesus. Now stop and think about that. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to teach you everything. What does that mean? Everything. That's what it means. Jesus will teach you how to manage your money 
so that you won't be anxious because you'll have financial margin. Jesus will teach you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus will teach you how to manage your time and prioritize your time so you won't always be running around crazy, active, busy and not have time for your kids or things that really matter to you. Jesus will teach you how to be a great employer or an employee so that you can run or be part of a successful business. Jesus will teach you how to have friends and be a friend so that you'll never be lonely again. Jesus will teach you how to get along in your marriage. Jesus will teach you how to be a great parent or child. Jesus teaches you how to respond to authority appropriately. Now listen to this. Why does the Holy Spirit teach you all those things? Do you see the next verse? John 14, 26. Because Jesus wants to give you a gift, and the gift is peace. The Holy Spirit wants to remind you of everything that Jesus said, and he wants to teach you everything because Jesus ultimately wants to have you live in peace. It is not God's will for your life that you are living in constant anxiety. Yes, we are human, and yes, there are times in which life does get the best of us, and we go underwater for a little while, and we go, oh my goodness, I feel like I have the weight of the world on me, but guess what? Through the teaching of the Holy Spirit, we bounce back up, and we get above water again, and we say, okay, we can do this. I've been through a rough season. It's been two, three, four weeks, or months, but ultimately Jesus wants the core of your life to be free of chronic anxiety or worry. The result of the Holy Spirit teaching you everything is 1 Corinthians 14, 33. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. That means Jesus wants you to live a well-ordered, well-balanced life of calmness and productivity. Now, how does the Holy Spirit do that? The Holy Spirit does it primarily through three ways. First of all, through his word. I talked about this a little bit last week. I gave you three scriptures, and I promise you that if you read these three scriptures, you memorized these three scriptures, you saturated yourself in these three scriptures, man, worry would just kind of dissipate away from you because you're getting the mind of Christ. You know, if you're struggling with anything today, you ought to go and do a Google search on whatever that topic is. You know, sometimes I'll look up all the Bible verses that have to do with anxiety and I'll print them out and I'll stick them right in front of me. And whenever I feel myself getting anxious on the inside, I'll just go back to those Bible verses. Oh yeah, here's one here, here's one here, here's one here. God's word is a great medication for the anxiety of your soul. Also prayer, talking with God about your problems is very therapeutic. Also the church, being with other Jesus followers in church in small groups doing life together is wonderfully therapeutic. You know, there's constant studies that keep coming out. I just saw a new one recently. People that go to church live longer and they're happier. You wanna live longer, you wanna be happier? Start going to church. Start showing up every Sunday, except for January 1st. (laughs) All, All of these things work together to bring peace. I said a couple weeks ago that Holly and I were gifted tickets to go to a symphony down at the Kimmel Center. And we got there about an, I don't know, probably 
45 minutes to an hour early and we, we went into the um, place where the concert was gonna be. And we sat there and listened to all the instruments warming up. And it was chaotic. Oboes are playing, timpani drums, violins, and it was chaotic. Guess what? The maestro walks out on stage. He stands in front. Everybody gets quiet. He holds up his baton. All eyes are looking on him. All he does is this. Boom! It starts, and it's beautiful. You know what the Holy Spirit does? Jesus, the Prince of Peace, through the work of the Holy Spirit, teaches you how to play notes, when to play notes. And listen to this. It doesn't necessarily happen immediately, but through the years, as you begin to practice what Jesus tells us to do, your life becomes a symphony, and it moves from fourth grade concert band. You know what I'm talking about, right? I think that was Mary Had a Little Lamb. Don't you think that? I, 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 heard, I heard, I sort of heard a melody. You go from fourth grade band to a professional symphony orchestra. It's called the work of sanctification. And that's what God wants to do in your life. You don't have to be perfect if you're a new babe in Christ. None of us are perfect and we've been following the Lord for decades. But you get more together as time goes by. Because Jesus promises you that he will teach you in everyday life how to have peace. Number three, Jesus has promised his presence in every storm we experience. Mark chapter four, verses 39, tell the story of Jesus and the disciples being in a boat and there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. To this day, on the Sea of Galilee, terrifying storms can come up with little or no notice because it's in the great rift valley that goes all the way from Israel all the way down into Africa. It was the superhighway of the ancient world. For those of you who have been to Kenya, Kenya's Kids, which is a ministry out of our church, we had a children's home for many years in the great rift valley that goes all the way to Jerusalem from East Africa. And so as a result of that great rift valley, what happens is storms just kind of tunnel their way through and they can come up. You can be on the Sea of Galilee at two o'clock in the afternoon and it's sunny and bright. Hey, it's a wonderful day. By 3.30, there could be total clouds everywhere and a wicked storm comes up. And it's one of those storms came up while the disciples and Jesus were crossing over from one side of the Sea of Galilee to another and this storm was so terrifying that the disciples thought that they were going to drown. Jesus is laying in the hull of the boat. He's sleeping. The disciples get a little ticked off. And Peter, because he's always the loud one of the group, Peter runs over and he goes to Jesus. Hey, you may not have noticed here, but there's a storm. Jesus gets up. speaks to the wind and the waves and says, be still, be silent. You know the Greek word for that is? Hold your peace. That's what it means. 
Stop. Some people think that peace is the absence of conflict, the absence of storms, the absence of problems and challenges. Some of you are just waiting for you to have peace in your life because you want all your problems to go away. That is not biblical peace. Jesus has promised us that he will give us his presence, his peace in the midst of all of these challenges. Don't wait for your life to come together because it's not going to. You can have peace in the middle of it. So how do you get that kind of peace? We get back to Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Remember, when Isaiah wrote his book, it was a time of social upheaval in Israel. It was a time of political chaos. It was false news. It was religious hypocrisy. All kinds of crazy stuff was going on. And yet he said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. The Hebrew word stayed on means to lean on and to rest in. Why was Jesus sleeping in the hull of the boat in the middle of the storm? Because he was perfectly resting in his relationship with the Heavenly Father. You know why Jesus, you know, sometimes Jesus rebuked the disciples, and you have to feel sorry for the disciples because you're like, man, they're just being human. You know what I mean? Jesus, why are you so hard sometimes on the disciples? Jesus mildly rebukes the disciples here in the boat. And he says, why are you doing this? You know why he said that? Listen, Jesus is saying to them, we were always going to be fine because I'm in the boat with you. And I'm the one that told you to cross over from one side of the lake to the other. Jesus has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. It does not mean the absence of tragedy. It does not mean the absence of challenges. It does not mean that bad things will not happen to you. But in the middle of all of those things, Jesus promises to be your Prince of Peace. A flight hit some unusual turbulence, tossing the airplane side by side in strong gusts of wind. An eerie silence settled over the passengers in between the sudden outbursts of screams. No one felt safe on the plane. Bolsters would drop, things would fall out. Everybody was terrified, except one child who sat there preoccupied with a notebook and crayons, drawing a picture of himself climbing a tree on a sunny day. A passenger nearby noticed that the boy seemed unusually calm and was just unrattled and drawing in his coloring book. And so she said to the boy, son, aren't you afraid? He looked up from his paper for a moment and then smiled and said, nope, I'm not. The lady said, well, well why aren't you afraid? And he said, because my dad's the pilot. 
and then went back to his drawing. Life sometimes feels out of control. Have you come to the realization that actually there's not a whole lot you can control? Control is oftentimes an illusion. We think we have something that we actually don't possess. You do not have to live in chronic or perpetual anxiety because you have inside of you a wonderful counselor, a mighty God who fights for you and alongside of you, an everlasting father who has promised to provide and protect you. And listen to this. Have you ever asked yourself the question of those four names of Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. You ever ask yourself the question why prince of peace is last? It's not because it's least important. It's because it's all encompassing. If you know Jesus as your beautiful, wonderful counselor, if you understand that he's your mighty God that fights for you and with you, if you understand that you have an everlasting father who will always protect and provide for you, who will never leave you, if you know all that, you'll have peace. Would you stand, please? Each week of Advent, I've been giving two invitations. The first is, if the timing is right in your own life, if you feel that tug in your heart to give your life over to Jesus Christ, maybe that portion of the message that when I talked about sin, you know that sin is separating you from God. You just may want to step out into the aisle. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just step out in the aisle and say, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. And ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. The second invitation is, every week, I've just invited you to come to these altars. I don't know if you have any religious background and you know what altars are, but altars are safe places. They're, they're Old Testament sanctuary cities where people run to when they're in trouble. So if you're lacking peace and you are experiencing anxiety today for whatever reason, the altars are a good place to come and to just say, I'm here. And I wanna to talk to you about these things. And so as the worship team comes, closes out with the last song, that's my invitation. If you want to receive Christ into your life, then go ahead and stand out in the aisle. If you want to come to these altars and just say, I've got to talk to the Lord about this. It's a really good time to do that. Let's bow our heads together. Holy Spirit, would you move in our midst right now? Would you speak to every heart? Would you help us to be honest with ourselves about our relationship with you and our relationships with other people? Speak, Lord, we're listening.
Invite us to healing today, would you please? In Jesus' name, amen.